0: This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I am Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We're broadcasting out of the Middle East Report Studio in Washington, D.C. Check out our website, DistrictSentinel.com.
1: Also, check out the Crossover app. Yeah, we did a, a thing with the Trailbillies. Uh, it was good. Yeah, check it out. We, we t- don't. We don't need to release our own version. They've got it. Yeah, they got They've it. Got it, and they that's got, free it's, on their Patreon. It's on just their Patreon. It it's free on uh the Trillbilly's Patreon, uh, which I should read the URL for. But just you know what? Just Google Trillbilly's Patreon. You'll find, we'll find it. 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 You'll find it. We talked about a bunch of stuff. We talked. We talked about a bunch of stuff, but uh, we talked about. Uh, postal banking, among other things, in the context of the AOC Bernie uh, banning payday lenders slash uh, postal bank banking push. And uh, there was some news on that front, which is today, Gallup released a poll on Americans, uh, how they feel about various federal agencies. And surprise, surprise, Postal Service, still number one. Always. Still number one, 74% of Americans rate uh, the Postal Service as doing an excellent or a good job. 18% say only fair. 8%, only 8% say the it's Postal Service is consistently the
0: highest rated government agency, whatever. I mean, it's a quasi-government agency.
1: Right. Second is uh, the Secret Service. Third is the CDC. Um, I'm surprised the Secret Service is rated so highly. Yeah, I they've, think they've I think, been into a lot of fucked up
0: shit the last few years.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think people are like, "Wow, how do they manage to?" Uh, and also, keep they're it acting together? like
0: real dicks outside the uh, Venezuelan embassy.
1: Yeah, embassy. oh yeah, they're they're totally acting like dicks. Uh, out- Uninformed people in this poll, except when it comes to the postal uh, service, they know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Postal Service has way higher marks than the Fed, the Federal Reserve Board. Uh, People like the Postal Service more than the Fed. That is a damn
0: good argument for postal banking. You do the math. Yeah,
1: I just did it. (laughs) Thank you for doing the math. It's championship
0: week at uh, the worst damn tweet Tournament is uh, the 2019 tournament is coming to an end by Friday. We will have a winner, but voting is open right now in the Fungal Four at worst damn tweet. Go vote. We've got the defending champion, David Frum, facing uh, his most challenging matchup yet, going up against uh, Jenny. Frum's tweet, of course, won last year and is poised to win again this year, saying that Iraqis chose war for themselves. Uh, Jenny's tweet, a newcomer on the scene here, uh, compares Nancy Pelosi, uh, to Snoop Dogg, a gangsta, just like Snoop Dogg.
1: Yeah, you have, uh, and then the other one we have, uh, Twitter's Jack, uh, yeah. apologizing to Candace Owens yeah. saying that, oh, I'm sorry, our, our thing described you as a far right person, even though that's what she is. And mm-hmm. that is up against uh, that Peter Fox's infamous deleted tweet about calling, uh, saying Palestine is like uh, misgendering someone. Yeah. So I I voted for Fox by the way from the Sentinel account. Okay. Yeah. But I'm I'm not sure. I'm kind of struggling here. The 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 David From tweet is classic banger, and I feel like it should. It maybe, I mean, it probably I feel should like defend. From,
0: yeah, I, th- I feel like From, there hasn't been a tweet this year that was worse than that From tweet. Um, I thought maybe the Leah McElrath tweet was worse, <laughs> but it got knocked out pretty early. So uh, I think From should win again this year and we'll just have to wait until the 2020 tournament to see if someone is able to craft something that's even worse than what has now been deemed for two years in a row, on the verge of two years in a row, being the worst tweet ever by David Fromm.
1: Yeah, I think, okay, so I'm going to vote for Fromm, but I am also uh, going to talk about uh, this, this Zeni Jardin discourse, which I, I, I said I didn't want to talk about because I thought it would poison, uh, contaminate the tournament. But Zeni Jardin uh, was born Jennifer Ham. So she prefers the name Zinni, which is short for Zina Flores. Like, uh, is this like me saying I prefer to be called Emiliano Zapata? <laughs> like, I feel like this is some serious Rachel all shit right here. Yeah. This is fucked up. Uh,
0: anyways, <laughs> you can take it out by voting for Jenny in the worst damn tweet tournament 2019 at worst damn tweet voting is open for 24 hours tomorrow we will rest and then wednesday we will begin the championship round voting will be open for two days friday we will have a winner last year we tried to call david from uh at his house (laughs) when he won um
1: which even if you didn't pick up we called pretty late so i think
0: yeah we're ending the tournament much later because we took a little week hiatus in the middle of it but i remember the tournament ended on 420 last year and during our 420 live show we tried to call david (laughs) from uh he didn't answer
1: unsurprisingly that was actually like uh one of of the things that didn't go wrong (laughs) terribly wrong at the 420 show. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Enough inside jokes. It is Monday, May 13th, 2019. Here's the news. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin said on Monday that White House officials are planning to travel to Beijing for more negotiations. Okay. After news that the trade war is ramping up and becoming costlier for U.S. farmers. China announced it would raise tariffs on $60 billion worth of goods. It's mostly on agricultural products like wheat, poultry, sugar, and peanuts. It comes in response to the Trump administration saying it would impose higher taxes on $200 billion worth of Chinese products. The administration is uh, floating a bailout for farmers that are uh, affected by this trade war, this would be a second round of bailout. Um, Trump supporters openly acknowledging that folks are going to suffer from this, um, but it shouldn't matter because of the troops or something. Here's Tom Cotton sounding like a psycho on the news this morning. Hurting both Chinese and some Americans, I'll grant you that. Uh, I think they'll ultimately hurt the Chinese more than they will Americans, in part because Chinese. Companies and their government have been cheating the United States for so long. There will be some sacrifice on the part of Americans I grant you that but I also would say that that sacrifice is pretty minimal compared to the sacrifices that our soldiers make overseas that are fallen Heroes who are laid to rest in Arlington make that are right about well, you sacred can't
1: compare duty those What a fucking psycho even for we're talking about
0: troops here even,
1: even for the CBS morning show people like morning show people being famously anodyne and Uh, you know, uh, deferring to this sort of conventional wisdom bullshit. They're like, whoa, hang on a sec. This is a little too much even for us.
0: Anyways, the uh, markets aren't handling uh, the news well. The Dow Jones is off somewhere uh, north of 500 points. Uh, It was around 600 when we were walking into the studio today. If you think that number's bad, I've got an even more troubling number for you. How about this segue? 415. That number, that's the record high parts per million of carbon dioxide in our atmosphere. That reading, the highest ever recorded, was taken by Mauna Loa Observatory in Hawaii. It's been measuring this stuff since 1958. This is the highest reading, 415. It's the highest carbon dioxide concentration the world has ever seen in the last couple million years. So, long before humans even came on the scene. Worth noting that In the 800,000 years before the Industrial Revolution, carbon dioxide levels never surpassed 300 parts per million. They're now at 415 parts per million, so this this is caused by humans. This is obvious. It's also increasing. The average annual growth rate, according to scientists, ticked up from 2.5 parts per million each year to uh, an additional 3 parts per million each year awesome yeah again 415 i remember when uh i started sort of working in kind of leftist media back a decade ago uh bill mckibben on this issue had his website 350.org 350 trying to stop us from hitting 350 parts per
1: million and here we are at 415 yeah that's it's not good it's not good uh Please do not tweet nice when we reach 420 parts per million. No, please just What other just joy can we take in that? the end of the world than that? <laughs> it's coming soon, folks. 420 okay. parts per million. Okay, here's how you do that irony post when when that news comes out, you just post a selfie smoking a huge J. Cuz what else can you fucking do? That's yeah. that's how we're coping, right? Yeah. In news from the Supreme Court, justices ruled that Apple Computer has monopolized the market for iPhone apps. They voted 5-4 to four to allow iPhone users to sue the company, upholding a decision made by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Joining all four liberal justices was Brett Kavanaugh, surprisingly. It's usually Chief Justice John Roberts who joins the libs when they're in a slim majority. Kavanaugh also wrote the majority opinion. He described the iPhone user's case as, quote, a classic antitrust claim. The plaintiffs had alleged that Apple was using monopoly power to charge too much for apps on the iPhone operating service. Opposite Kavanaugh was fellow Trump appointee Neil Gorsuch. In a dissenting opinion, Gorsuch said that Apple shouldn't be held liable, claiming it only exerts indirect control over the market for iPhone apps. That's not how antitrust law is supposed to work, Gorsuch wrote, and it's an uncharitable way of treating a precedent. Don't know about that one, Chief. This ain't it. (laughs) More from the high court. This dissenting opinion, (laughs) fam.
0: More from the high court. The Supreme Court sans one member was again mum on the cruel Kafka-esque treatment of death row inmates in Tennessee. In a short dissent, Justice Sonia Sotomayor chided the court for not agreeing to hear the case of Abu Ali Abdur Rahman, who was convicted of first-degree murder in 1987, is on death row. Rahman has claimed that prosecutorial misconduct, ineffective counsel, and improper jury instructions conspired to wrongfully sentence him to die. But the real issue is the method of execution here. Tennessee, like a number of other death penalty states, can no longer guarantee the supply, of pentobarbital, which is considered uh, to induce the most humane form of execution. It's pretty grim even saying that sentence. Mm. So uh, instead, since they can't uh, ensure uh, this uh, pentobarbital supply, other drugs are used that have reportedly caused uh, inhumane suffering, like drugs that have uh, simulated drowning or burning or taken 20 minutes for someone to die. And because of all that, inmates have legitimate grounds to challenge their upcoming executions. But the way the courts have interpreted the Eighth Amendment's prohibition against cruel and unusual punishment is pretty fucked up. Affirmed again just this year by the Gorsuch Court and last year uh, in another ruling, if someone wants to claim that the method of execution they're facing is unconstitutional, they're required to propose an alternative method of execution and then prove that the state has neglected to imp- implement this alternative method of execution it's a high bar not just to save your life but to simply change the method of execution in her dissent today Sotomayor called it a quote perverse requirement she also uh called it Kafka esque. It's uh, even more perverse in Tennessee where secrecy laws prohibit inmates from acquiring information about their execution, like what drugs might be used. Sotomayor, Sotomayor wrote, quote, Today the court again ignores the further injustice of state secrecy laws denying death row prisoners access to potentially crucial information for meeting the alternative method requirement. Because I continue to believe that the alternative method requirement is fundamentally wrong, and particularly so when compounded by secrecy laws like Tennessee's, I uh, dissent. Rachman is now uh, out of appeals. Sotomayor dissented in a similar case last October when a death row inmate in Tennessee was unable to get a stay of execution. Edmund Zagorsky did succeed in having his method of execution changed to the electric chair.
1: And he was killed on November 1st last year. Conservatives are whipping up more fake outrage to attack another Muslim woman in Congress. Today, Rashida Tlaib was targeted by Republicans, including President Trump, who smeared her as anti-Semitic, just as they did to Ilhan Omar. The comments being distorted this time come from a podcast interview that aired recently. Tlaib, who is Palestinian, spoke about how she was proud that Palestine was a safe haven for Jews fleeing Europe, even though it led to the ethnic cleansing of Palestinians, the theft of Palestinian land, and the creation of an apartheid state. Conservatives tried to spin this somehow by claiming Talib was saying that actually the Holocaust was good. Trump said it was a highly insensitive statement on the Holocaust and accused Talib of hating the Jewish people. Just a few hours later, by the way, Trump met with Hungarian President Viktor Orban, a leader who has been criticized around the world for using virulently anti-Semitic rhetoric on the campaign trail. One of Orban's advisors is a Holocaust revisionist, and Orban himself has praised Hungary's wartime-era Nazi collaborator leader, as Alex Kane noted for Jewish Currents. Trump said today Orban has done a tremendous job and that hosting him at the White House was a great honor, he doesn't give a fuck about anti-semitism, folks. He just doesn't. No. S- someone who is well aware of that is Congresswoman Omar. She replied to Trump's tweet about Talib, saying, quote, this is another transparent attempt to sow division between minority communities and distract them or distract from your own criminal behavior by smearing a Muslim woman. No one should fall for it this time. End of quote. Surprisingly, Democrats don't appear ready to throw Talib under the bus the way they threw Omar under the bus insufferable pro-israel centrist steny hoyer told the hill quote if you read congresswoman talib's comments it is clear that president trump and congressional republicans are taking them out of context they must stop and they owe her an apology i gotta say i did not expect uh i did not expect that but i'm not trying to set the bar too low for steny hoyer uh he's still not good no (laughs) but uh a pleasant surprise i guess
0: yeah you know normally uh a critique of Republicans that their primary agenda, their primary focus is protecting the class interests of their wealthy donors is dead on. And that's usually a pretty dead on critique, just critiquing both Republicans and Democrats uh, and just the entire U.S. political system. But uh, I think it does say something that and maybe this just speaks to the fact that uh not many people listen to our podcast, but Rashida Tlaib on our podcast, you know, talking about nationalizing oil companies isn't generating near uh, any sort of controversy as uh, <laughs> as her pretty mild remarks here that have been taken out of out of context and used to create a whole
1: nother uh, outrage. Well, I uh, definitely agree that more people need to listen to our what podcast. What podcast did she say this on? It was, oh jeez. It was um Isakov's podcast. Oh fucking Isakov.
0: All right. Well <laughs> start listening to District Sentinel Radio. You find all sorts of s- stuff to get outraged about, folks.
1: What is it? It's called Skullduggery. Is oh. is the uh yeah, it's a Yahoo News uh well Isakov works for Yahoo News, but he's he does it with the, with a oh it is produced by Yahoo. Okay. There well there it is. Skullduggery peter baker and
0: uh all right let's stop plugging Issacoff's a podcast <laughs>
1: that'll do it for the newscast
0: today consider subscribing over at patreon.com slash district sentinel so you that you can get the newscast the full newscast every monday through thursday all new subscribers get their own haiku written for them and read on this show thanks to our sponsors the congressional dish podcast hosted by jen briney find it at congressionaldish.com another sponsor the middle east report find it at merip.org the newscast returns tomorrow we're here in dc so that you don't have to be